there's a woman there, Shunammite woman, who um, dealt with a great crisis in her life. And we're going to see what we can pick up from the scripture, what we can learn. So while you're turning there, um, by way of background, um, a young boy has been miraculously born to this lady. I don't know if you know the story already. And it's some, something like the birth of Isaac to Abraham um, and Sarah, or something like the birth of Benjamin to Jacob, where Benjamin is described as the son of his old age. Okay. Um, so the Bible also calls this lady a great lady, which is a, a great compliment. Um, <clears throat> and what happened was she noticed that Elisha was passing by the house all the time he went. He was kind of like a circuit preacher, a circuit prophet. And he would go around the northern kingdom of Israel and preach and teach, I guess, and do all the kind of Old Testament rituals and things in high places that they did back then. And uh, he often passed by the house and she noticed and she asked her husband or told her husband to build a little extension for him so that he could have somewhere to, um, to rest his head. Him and Gehazi would be um, following along too while they were traveling around. And um, long story short, an oft-refreshed and thankful Elisha asked what he could do for her. But she said she was content. She dwells among her own people. She was fine. But um, while Elijah was wondering what to do, Gehazi told him that she didn't have any children. And her husband was old. So he called her back and promised her that she would bear a son in due time. So we're going to pick up the story at that point from verse 18. So 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 18. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said unto his father, my head, my head. And he said to the lad, to a lad, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees, on her knees till noon and then died. So we're going to pick up the story here. I'm just going to pray. Father, I pray that you would just be with us this morning. Um, as we look at your word, Lord, I pray that you would um, give us understanding, Lord. Um, we, we won't understand these things, Lord. Um, the natural man receives not the things of the spirit, Lord. Lord. I pray that you would help us by your spirit to just understand these truths. Um, and if there's any application to our lives, Lord, if there's anything that you're speaking to us about, Lord, I pray that we would be um, ready to hear, Lord, and ready to do whatever it is um, that you would have us to do, Lord. We love you and we pray that you would just bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen. So things were going along just fine. I'm sure maybe it's happened to you. And disaster strikes. Okay. He was just old enough to go out to his dad. You know, some some people take six or seven. I don't know. Okay. Um, his dad was reaping out in the fields. And we were learning from the book of Ruth that they used to stay out there. And they would uh, stay out in the field. They would just do the harvest until it was done. So the dad was out there. Um, so that his son got to go out and see him. And he hadn't even been out long that day when his head started to hurt. And he's carried home to his mum. And she sits him on her lap and holds him. But a few hours later, he dies. So there's a few, a few things that we could take out of that, that portion. Um, it's basically the general truth that troubles come to us all. Okay. So if you're talking about troubles, definitely the book of Job is somewhere to go. So if you just keep your hand in 2 Kings 4 and just turn to Job there just before Psalms, Job 5.7. Job 5, verse 7. It's not Job speaking here. I think it's Eliphaz, but 
<clears throat> he speaks something here that is a universal truth. He's saying here, yet man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. Okay, so we all have our, you don't need me to tell you that you have troubles, right? <laughs> okay, and I'm sure from that you've already noticed that troubles and trials don't uh, ask you first whether they, it can pop by or whatever, okay? Um, someone said, if, if everything seems to be going well, you've obviously overlooked something. <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, one day you're driving down the road and the next thing you've got two flat tires, you know, I don't know, <laughs> or three. So we all came to church this morning and all is well. We've been talking, we've been having a good time, but there are heavy burdens that some people are carrying. Okay. So troubles come to us all. And then from that, you're already in Job. And if troubles and trials aren't a bad enough day, Job chapter 14. Similar theme, but just one more extension. Job 14, one says, man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. So few days, uh, death comes to us all would be the second theme there, okay? That we could take out of this. Um, same way troubles are universal, death is universal. I suppose you could add taxes to that too, they say. Um, we're all touched by it and forced to face it and ought to plan on it, okay? Bible says in Psalm 90, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Okay. So, um, you know, from a personal point of view, I didn't, I didn't take too much notice of it. Um, there's a bit of it in my own testimony, but um, the illustration I have here is when I got engaged to Ruth, a lot of people are getting engaged right now for some reason. When I got engaged to Ruth, um, I was told I needed to take out life assurance. <laughs> okay. And I didn't think about it too much. Um, I just wanted to tick the boxes I wanted to get married. So I was like, yeah, whatever. Got my life assurance or whatever, however much. Oh, I don't even remember now. It comes out every month, okay? So, so sometimes we can, we can uh, you know, uh, deal with the truth. Or this, this thing can come out in conversation or in our lives, but we, you know, sometimes we don't take it seriously. That was one of the times I didn't really take it seriously. I didn't really care, whatever. I'm going to get married, <laughs> okay? Um, but the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 7, it says the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. Okay, so it would do us well to consider these things. Okay, and I mentioned a bit about my testimony. One of the things that got me to consider the gospel more seriously was just random thought I had. I was in the house, in the kitchen. My parents were there. My mom was doing something. Dad was probably just having a cup of tea or coffee or something. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, the thought struck me that, I don't know where my parents are going to go. I don't, I don't know, like what? They're not always going to be around. This strange thought, I don't know why, so random, okay? And then that developed to, um, I don't know what's going to happen to me either, okay? And then uh, it, it, it wasn't immediately that I got saved or anything. I started running to church or getting a Bible or things. But that really was a watershed moment for me that I was like, wow, you know, this this is something serious okay and not just something that you should forget about or something like that so there they are the two two themes okay and then just to add one th more thing on top of that proverbs 27 says boast not thyself of tomorrow for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth okay and for this shunamite lady this was one of those days it wasn't just a trouble or a trial okay um it was death had visited the home okay and um it just all happened in a moment, just like it happened to Job, okay? So we just don't know. And, and you know, we got witnessing and we tell people, you know, we, we don't know if we'll get to have another opportunity. To, you know, Weston's going out, he doesn't know 
if he'll have an opportunity to give the gospel to that person, you know, and people normally just to go, ah, yeah, yeah, you know, because we expect to wake up tomorrow. <laughs> we expect to go and do whatever it is that we want to do. But these things do happen. I'm actually just reading a book by this guy. And um, he was asked on a podcast what the worst day of his life was. And he's like, oh, and, you know, that was definitely the day I heard that my dad passed away, you know, hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, you know, my life forever changed. Okay. And then he went home on that very same day that he'd had that podcast and his three-year-old boy drowned in the pool. So on the very day he was talking about the worst day of his life, he, he got one up, you know, and um, the book is just about his, it's very good. Um, coming to terms with that and how the Lord could use it. We couldn't think that something like that, you could say, um, you know, the Lord will work all things together for good in that situation. Okay. So um, this is a horrible day for this lady. Okay. So the other thing that we'll find out as we continue, you can go back to second Kings is that evidently this lady was ready for what happened on that day. And, you know, and that, that's an amazing statement to make. You don't just all of a sudden, you know, miraculously, um, be, be ready for these kind of things when they hit you. Okay. But this is one of the reasons why we're at church today. Okay. Um, We'll continue reading here and I'll kind of get more into it. So I'm back in 2 Kings chapter 4. And we read up to verse 20. I'll continue from 21. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. And shut the door upon him and went out. And she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, it shall be well. Then she saddled an ass and said to her servant, Drive and go forward. Slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. So she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass, when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehazi his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. Uh -huh. So... Her reaction, that's the next point. So the first point was the young boy dies. The second is her, his mother's reaction, okay? She didn't wallow in self-pity, okay? And she didn't allow herself to be overcome with emotion, although all those things could be understandable given her situation, okay? All she did is she, just, she decided that she needed to go see Elijah immediately, Elisha, okay? So, um, you know, um, I already mentioned there, you know, these kind of faith decisions don't just magically happen normally, all right? Um, you might have heard about, about that illustration about um, our reactions in trials are like um, a tea bag that's put into hot water. Have you ever heard that illustration? The same way the hot water releases the flavor that's already in the tea bag, trials reveal our faith in God or our lack of it. Okay. So we already saw from, um, I mentioned in the, in the introduction that this lady was called a great woman. Okay. And evidently she cared about the things of God and she had her own personal walk with God. And, um, the extension built the prophet's chamber that's um we talk about that's built for elisha is um just one of the ways she tried to give back in thankfulness for all god's goodness towards her okay um and then secondly um you know i mentioned that she she was content when elisha asked her what can be done for her as as a, a thank you that he wanted to express his thankfulness towards what she's done um in providing this place for him to stay and she said she was content, okay? So we know the Bible says in, in 1 Timothy 6, 6 that godliness with contentment is great gain, okay? So she just had need of nothing. She was complete. She 
um she wasn't going to ask anything more from god she didn't she didn't have something she felt she was lacking okay so this is part of her reaction which i think is amazing um so despite this great trial she immediately knew that if she could appeal to elisha he would be able to help her son okay so um basically her knee-jerk reaction was a, a fate decision okay so if you turn to hebrews 11 remember i said the tea bag you know kind of reveals our heart reveals whether we're believing god like or whether we want sometimes there's a struggle there. I, I i relate more to the guy in the new testament where he wants his son to be healed and um you know i think jesus says something like have faith in god don't quote me on that um and he's like um lord i believe help them my unbelief is the verse that i remember and i i oftentimes that's where i am <laughs> okay so this was a great encouragement you know um just to, to try and to draw closer to god you know um and you know when you're walking with god it doesn't feel any special or you know you've prayed and you've read your bible this morning um it doesn't doesn't you know it doesn't feel any different it's not feelings that we're looking for here these these are just decisions that need to be made trust that needs to be put in the lord and it just it just has to happen Do you know that kind of idea um sometimes we live in a world where we're just we're trying to understand our reality or notice differences or whatever but faith is just something that's incomprehensible and it's just in the spirit and it can only be understood in that way okay so she just knew she needed to go to elisha and that was that was her faith look at um, hebrews 11 you guys are in hebrews 11 verse 6 says both without faith it's impossible to please him him being god okay um for he that cometh to god must believe that he god is and that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Okay. So um, basically, you know, she, she, she just trusted. She said, I know, and I, I'm relying on the fact that Elisha can help me. Okay. And you, you, we could point back and go, yeah, of course, Elisha told her that she'd have the son and that came to pass, you know, but often in your own lives, we, we have a testimony. We know God saved you. He did an amazing work, didn't he? An operation of God saved sealed you know until eternity jesus is coming back and when he comes back he's got a place prepared for you but that doesn't always we don't always ride on that high <laughs> you know um you see that in the wilderness you know with the the children of israel where they've seen god work they've seen the red sea split and they went through and all the egyptians are gone or they've seen god provide water out of a rock and things like that and but then later on that stuff didn't really happen they're still like you know, i'm hungry i want some meat you know or whatever it is that their problem was at any given time okay so we could be the same but here she just made that conclusion and she acted upon it or you could say her faith acted upon her you know abraham believed god and it was counted him for righteousness he just made that conclusion and all the other stuff just happened around him you know and it's just amazing okay so she's she's a woman on a mission okay at this stage like boaz pursuing ruth we've been learning about the book of ruth a lot and she wouldn't rest until she saw elijah's face and here, you know, you could also make an application and say that um, Elisha is like a type of Christ that she can cast all her cares upon, okay? So she's going to the right place, all right? I read it there, um, I'm back in 2 Kings 4, like she came and Elijah, or Gehazi asked her in um, 2 Kings 4, 26, is it well, okay? So he's obviously asking the question Elisha asked him to ask, but she doesn't share anything with Gehazi. Her simple answer was, it is well, okay? <laughs> Because, you know, Gehazi wasn't really, there was no point in whining to him about it. What could he do? Okay. In that sort of sense. So, you know, we need to, um, need to know that we need to go to God with our problems. We need to, you know, get on our knees and know that he's the person to go to. And we don't, 
it's not that you can't talk about your problems and that kind of stuff, but she knew who she needed to go to. Okay. Um, so at this stage, then it's, it's almost like all the other steps fall into place. Okay. And, um, we're seeing the result of her walk with God. Um, there's one more thing or whatever, but, um, that's, that's a lot of it. That's why, like, that's why we're here. That's why we encourage you guys, you know, pick up your Bible and, and try and make sure your Bible read some portion of it. Um, you know, we do Bible in a year. A lot of people do that. Some people do it more, some people do it less. Um, but getting in your Bible and, and just hearing from God and, and learning to listen to him um, on a daily basis and uh, as a habit, okay, and speaking to him. You know, I'm, uh, we, 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 Connor's praying or whatever we, we pray as a family. Um, but, but sometimes Connor will come to me and he's like, I don't feel like I'm talking to anybody or this kind of stuff, you know. And um, we don't want to feel like that when it matters the most, you know. And I, I try and explain to him, you know, it's not like about the feeling or whatever that we're, we're talking to God and, God says, you know, that we could come before his throne and we just we just trust that the Bible is true. And therefore, when we speak and we lift up our hearts, we are talking to God and God is listening, no matter how we feel about it. OK, and um, sometimes it helps him, sometimes it doesn't, you know, that kind of thing. All right. But we're all the same. I know I've definitely felt that way, too. OK, so, um, you know, we don't need to feel bad when we look at this and go, oh, yeah, of course, she was a great woman. She had great faith and all that kind of stuff. God put this in here to help us and to teach us something. And um, because because he could have done a lot of other ways, got done in a lot of other ways, and he did. In fact, um, he raised uh, another widow's son in the New Testament. Jesus raised him, um, this widow lady from Nain, N-A-I-N. I don't know how you pronounce it. I'm not. Whatever. Anyways, um, and all he did was come over and and touch the beer and say, you know, arise or whatever, look it up. And that's how that story went. And I'm sure there's other truths to learn. But this is what we're learning this morning. Okay. So she's been pursuing God um, regularly, and now she's pursuing Elisha as a result of that because she knows that he can help her, okay? So uh, we just read there, it sets a lot of things in motion. She basically, from that point, she didn't mourn or grieve, or it's not recorded in the Bible at least. He dies at noon, and immediately she goes up, puts him on the bed of the prophet's, room in the bed and Elisha's bed that he would stay in shuts the door okay and at this stage she's already made a decision she's already made a choice you know um we were in proverbs um 11 there there's another verse down in verse 13 where it says they didn't receive the promises but they saw them afar off okay and that's what faith does faith sees something before it even comes to pass okay um and uh um well I'll just move on and then she calls her husband because she knows she's just got in her head i've got to go see elisha and she organizes an, a lift an uber a taxi driver or whatever right and the taxi driver comes and she says step on it all right basically this is just you know in other words okay and um you know husband's like i don't know what, what are you doing and she's like look it shall be well which is a great statement uh when i was looking that up um i'm you know some people look at the original languages and all that kind of stuff. It's all there in the English, okay? It's fine. You don't need to go to and find some special truth. But the word under there is shalom, which I thought was cool, all right? So she's like, you know, you know, when you're trusting in God, he says, um, be careful for nothing but in everything with prayer and thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace that passes understanding, you know? That peace, she already still has it. Can you believe it? In that sort of situation, it's admirable um, that she's, 
you know, the Bible does say she's human, okay? So later on, they use the word vexed. So she is obviously hurt. And obviously, it's just something that she doesn't want to happen or any parent would ever want to happen. But at the same time, it's beyond understanding she still has peace, which is amazing, okay? So, yes, um, yeah, so she went and she says to step on it. And, you know, normally that's a day's journey to Mount Carmel, but they're, like, racing it or whatever. And um, she she goes to Gehazi. And I already said that statement or whatever that... Um, uh, she's not going to just wind him because he can't help her, but he, she knows Elisha can. Okay, so now we're on the next verse here. Now we're on verse 27. Speeding through here. Right. Um, 2 Kings 4, 27. And when she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught him by the feet, but Gehazi came near to thrust her away. And the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her. And the Lord had hid it from me. And had not told me. Okay. We'll just do that much. So, um, you know, I said the story kind of just unfolds. This is basically the last thing that she does. She just basically clings to Elisha once she gets there. Okay. And asks him two questions. We'll get to that. Um, but the rest is out of her hands at that stage. Okay. And that's, you know, that's another thing about faith. You know, you, you work like they say, these illustrations, you work like it depends all on you. But you believe that it all depends on God because we could do everything and dot every I and cross every T, but if we don't have God's blessing on it, nothing's going to come of it. Right. So, um, she, obviously that's one way to get someone's attention to grab onto their feet and not let go. <laughs> My kids do that to me sometimes. Um, it reminds me of the widow and the unjust judge in Luke 18. Okay. So she goes and she's just asking this judge, she's like, you need to avenge me of my adversary. And, um, she just won't stop asking him. And after a while, he's like, and I just better answer her because she's annoying. <laughs> okay. And then Jesus goes on and adds the application to the story saying, well, if this unjust judge is going to do something for this widow, how much more is he going to do for you when you cry unto him day and night? Because God isn't unjust and he loves you and he wants the best for you. Okay. Um, so it's, it's amazing here. Um, so the, this, um, the same way the widow knew the unjust judge was the only one that could help her, the Shunammite lady knew Elisha was the only one that could get through to God for her. Okay, so this is the concept of med mediators. Okay, so obviously I come from a Catholic background, and having uh, someone in the way of Jesus is an offense to me <laughs> and the Bible. Okay, but in the Old Testament they did have mediators. Okay, um, it, it was one of the ways of, of petitioning before God in the Old Testament. Hannah went to the temple to pray. Okay, in the Old Testament. And then the priest answered her and said, God grant you the request or you know, the petition that you, you asked him. Okay. Um, that was a mediation there. And then the way it worked back in the Old Testament as well, Shunem was part of the Northern Kingdom. I think I mentioned that already. Okay. So Judah and all that in the South was separate, had a separate king. And in the North, they had a separate king as well. Um, that was after Solomon, the, the, the kingdom split, it divided. Okay. And um, they didn't go actually really go down to the temple in Jerusalem, even though in the Old Testament it says you have to go three times a year. Um, that's all extra information I know. But they would have, um, Elisha was around for that very reason, to minister unto people and to be their go-between between, between um, them and God, okay? Um, and people would still worship in the high places and stuff like that. And, um, you know, like the way Saul went, um, he went looking for, his dad sent him to go look for, the sheep or the cattle or something like that. And um, he ended up going to ask the prophet. And the prophet was like, don't worry about that. But, you know, 
or the whole kingdom's waiting for you to become king or whatever. He's, he's shocked. But they went to the prophet for guidance there, okay? So that, that's the Old Testament, okay? And it wasn't until after the cross that anyone had the liberty to go straight to God through the man, Christ Jesus. Yeah? There's only one mediator between God and man, and men, the man, Christ Jesus, okay? So um, we're more familiar with that, but in the Old Testament, it was slightly different, okay? That's why they did away with the Old Covenant, and there's a New Testament, okay? So she clings to Elisha, and she's, it's basically like a prayer, okay? It goes, she's talking to Elisha, but, you know, Elisha can only do what God can enable him to do. He's not special of himself, if you know what I mean by that. He's a man of like passions, like as we are, okay? And he realizes she's in deep pain here, okay? Um, so again, you could look at that from Romans 8 and say, you know, the Spirit um, makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered, okay? So um, Lord understands even when we can't put things into words when we're going through those kind of trials that we are going through, okay? Um, I think Elijah was somewhat surprised that the lady was so vexed. He said the Lord had hid it from him. And he could see, he, like, he, he saw her in the distance coming to Carmel and he wondered, was everything okay? But Cahiz, I told him, she said, all was well. Um, so he's just kind of trying to figure out the situation. And um, when Gehazi tries to restrain her, like, um, this is not the politically correct thing to do when you see the prophet just jump down and grab onto his feet or whatever. He's trying to say, no, 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 we have a way of doing things. And um, he's, uh, Elisha said, no, just, okay, can't you see? Like, she's, she's very upset, okay? Um, he says, let her alone, all right? Um, so she asked two questions. We'll get to here. She says, um, oh, did I read that yet? I probably did, hang on. Yes, and um, then she said in verse 28, did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? Okay, so did I desire a son of my Lord? From the background, hopefully you should know the answer already. No, she didn't. She was content. Um, she was fine. She wasn't like, you know, oh, you know, I wish I had a different life or this kind of stuff. Okay. She was like, I'm fine. Um, this is the lot that I've been given in life. And remember that godliness with contentment is great gain is when you have need of nothing. Um, it's, it's a good place to be. Okay. Rather than wanting the whole world, because if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul, you haven't got anything at all. Okay. Um, so no was the answer to that one. She didn't, she hadn't asked out of discontent, you know, like the Bible says in James 4, that she may consume it upon her own lust or whatever. It was a gift freely given, okay? And then she asked the second question, did I not say, do not deceive me? And she said, and that's what the answer to that was, yes, okay? She was saying, he said, yeah, you'll bear a son. And she was like, you know, um, I forgot what the actual words were. Um, but anyway, it was basically along the lines of, don't give me a false hope, because perhaps he had tried to bear before and it didn't go all the way to term or these kind of things, okay? And she, was she to go through all that heartache, heartache again of a lost child she didn't she didn't want she didn't want that okay so she said do not deceive me okay so this is her plea her prayer that goes i suppose through elisha to god okay so we'll continue the story in verse 29 then he said to gehazi gird up thy loins and take my staff in thine hand and go thy way and if thou meet any man salute him not and if any salute thee answer him not again and lay my staff upon the face of the child and the mother of a child said, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. Speaking to Elijah, I believe, Elisha. And he rose and followed her. And Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff upon the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore, he went again to meet him and told him, saying, the child is not awaked. Okay. So 
Elisha basically sends they they it looks like from what I understand they start heading towards her house, but Elisha sends Gehazi ahead. Okay, and he says, "Go, don't dilly dally, bring my staff." I'm going to say that. Don't dilly dally. <laughs> All right, don't do anything else. Focus. You know, I'm trying to teach my kids or whatever when we tell them to do something or whatever, but they they go, "Oh, Lego," and they go over this way. <laughs> All right, so Gehazi wasn't supposed to be distracted by Lego or anything, and he was supposed to bring the staff. Turn either to the right hand or the left and lay the staff on the boy's face. And hopefully that would do the trick. But it didn't. Okay. And I, I think perhaps the mother knew. <laughs> she didn't go with Gehazi and go, okay, this is going to work. Or whatever. She stayed with Elisha. Because remember, she knew that Elisha was the one who could help her. All right. Um, she's clinging. All right. Like we ought to cling to Jesus. All right. Um, she says to um, Elisha, I will, I will not leave thee. Okay. Um, so maybe she somehow knew that Elisha needed to go in person. Um, she might have been familiar with the story of Elijah, who raised a widow's son in, in First Kings. And um, he needed to do that in person. And there was a way that he did it. And this actually starts lining up at this stage once Elisha, because he, he's got a double portion of Elijah's spirit, right? If you know, if you know that story. Um, but one thing you might have noticed there is that Elisha just sent Gehazi he didn't pray or ask God first, okay, how he should proceed, okay? So it's easy to forget. There's another story in the Old Testament there of Joshua. These guys, um, Gibeonites, I think, come, and, but they're, they're, um, they come under color or whatever the word is. It's, um, they're uh, coming lying because they know that Joshua and the people of Israel are destroying all the people around you know, Canaan. So they say, oh, look, let's pretend. So they bring out this old moldy bread and these dry bottles and they come and say, we've come from a really far country and we've heard of your great um, glory and this kind of stuff. And they just start um, buttering up Joshua and the elders there. And it says there that they didn't ask counsel of the Lord. They just believed their story. And um, um, so then when they found out that they were actually just from down the road, then they were like, why did you deceive us or whatever? But um, they didn't pray first or whatever. So I, I think that perhaps Elisha should have prayed first, but um, that's just me. You know, the Bible says what it says or whatever. OK, <laughs> but um, for as for us, it's a reminder to us all. OK, that we ought to men ought always to pray and not to faint. OK, because I know definitely I've gone through some things and I once I kind of get my my clarity or whatever, I'm like, man, I should have prayed about this ages ago. Okay. So um, don't forget to pray. All right. Um, all right. So we'll continue and wrap up the story because Elisha is almost at the house. We're in verse 32. <laughs> and when Elisha was come into the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. He went in therefore and shut the door upon them twain and prayed unto the Lord. And he went up and lay upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth and his eyes upon his eyes and his hands upon his hands. And he stretched himself upon the child and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro and went up and stretched himself upon him. And the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. And he, where will I go this far? I go to 37 and ah, we'll stop there for a second. Maybe we should stop there. So Gehazi had come back and said that the child wasn't awake, but obviously when Elisha comes, it's it's clear, you know, the Bible is specific there that this boy wasn't into some sort of a coma or something like that. He was dead, okay? Um, the Bible is clear about that. And the boy's mother 
gives him it gives Elisha space at this stage. Okay, she hangs back, and Elisha goes into the prophet's chamber and he shuts the door. And from here, the events I kind of mentioned already are very similar to Elijah's the account of Elijah raising the widow's son in First Kings seventeen. Okay, um, and on a third layer, whatever you can also this is also a good pattern for any parents or people who are ministering to young people. Um, you know, the 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 child is a a picture of someone who's spiritually dead. And this is almost like a how to reach um, a young person uh, for the Lord. Okay. So you'll see, you'll see what I mean in a minute. Okay. So um, the first thing he does here, um, in the, he goes into the room and uh, he went in there for, in verse 33, and he prayed unto the Lord. So he's got it right now at this stage. He prays first. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, and this is also the same as what Elijah did back in First Kings, verse 20, 17, 20. So, um, you know, Jesus says that there are cer certain cases that, you know, require extra special attention. And he says, you know, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Okay, so sometimes you can reach a limit even with prayer, according to Jesus's teaching, and you might need to fast for an extra special need that's very deep to you. Okay, so... Um, so if you are reaching out to a young person or to your kids or whatever, first you need to do is pray for them, pray for their salvation, pray that God would open up their eyes, pray that God would um, soften their hearts and give them understanding to their need for Jesus. OK, um, so then secondly, we see that there was um, in verse 34. Um, it's a little unusual, I suppose, from a kind of a point of view when you read it. Um, he went up and lay upon the child. But the, the general gist is that there was personal contact. OK. So obviously, you know, um, you're not going to have as much of an impact on someone if you don't spend too much time with them. OK, how much of an influence can you exert on someone if you never see them? OK, so obviously, young person or whatever, I think in teen ministry or something like that, you need to spend time with them, just do what they're doing or whatever, spend time with them. And you talk along the way and um, you, you get to know one another. And um, there's a there's a relationship form there and an element of trust. And you can talk about these things. OK. And the same way for your kids. Okay, so there was one on one on one time, and there was personal influence. The boy grew warmer the more time Elisha spent with him, and um, along with prayer, God uses Elisha's influence to help bring the boy back to life. Okay, so then we go on. It says he then he returned, and he walked in the house to and fro. Okay, so you know it 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 didn't just all happen immediately. It was this very easy thing to do. It took time. Okay um it took effort so it seems he came out of the room and walked about still praying because if you look at elisha's story back first king 17 elisha gets up and he's walking around and he's elijah sorry and he says oh lord my god i pray thee let this child's soul come into him again okay and along with that then um if we keep reading there's um in verse 35 i have here there's patience and perseverance okay because what didn't just happen the first time that he stretched himself upon the child he actually had to do it twice. And if you look back at the other story in First Kings 17, I keep mentioning, Elijah had to do it three times, okay? So it didn't happen immediately, but slowly, signs of life, new life start to develop. There was a warmth, and then there's this sneezing seven times, okay? Um, so I, I imagine all the sneezes not happening all at once, you know, sneeze, 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 or whatever. Uh, okay um but one after another and perhaps getting gradually stronger that's just my imagination you can take it or leave it okay 
Um, and eventually, anyway, his eyes are opened. Okay, and that's that's the goal, obviously, of reaching out to a young person or to your child that their eyes would be open, that God would turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. Okay, and um, it's just a miracle, and that's that's just what God does. He's in the business of miracles, right? <laughs> okay, and then and then uh, it, it's a very interesting end. I, I guess um, you know I'm in verse 36 here. The child opens eyes, so it says here in verse 36, he called Gehazi, and he said, call the Shunammite, call the Shunammite. So he called her, and when she was coming unto him, he said, take up thy son. Then she went in and fell at his feet and bowed herself to the ground and took up her son and went out. <laughs> yeah, so it was so simple. Like, so do you remember that whole phrase, all is well, okay? Um, you know, she, she saw that from a distance somehow. You know, um, that was her heart's cry. And in this case, God answered her prayer. Okay. And it's not always the case. Jesus, Jesus said a very harsh statement. Um, you could call it maybe, it, you know, um, in the New Testament, I don't have the reference, but everybody said there was many, there was many um, widows in the, in the Old Testament, but um, there was only one that Elijah or whoever went to, to help. Okay. To, to, um, and I'm there, sure there's a lot of needs that um, just don't line up with God's will. You know, but but we we always have that struggle when we're praying to God, and that's why we pray if it's according to His will. You know that the Lord would grant us this request that we that we are um, beseeching Him for. Okay, so um, you know, and and it reminds me as well as, as the Book of Daniel. You know, um, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego—that's a lot of names. Um, when they are speaking before Nebuchadnezzar, he's like, aren't you going to go bow down? They're singled out and they're, you know, by the others and said that they're not bowing like everybody's supposed to. They're not conforming. And um, Nebuchadnezzar calls him and says, is it true that you're not bowing? Like I have commanded me king. And they're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it says, you know, they say, be it known to thee, you know, we won't bow. We're not going to bow, you know. And they said, our God will deliver us. And they said, but if not, we're still going to serve God anyway. So we're, we're digging our heels in here, <laughs> okay? So it, it kind of reminds me of that where, you know, whether or not the Lord delivers after that sort, they're going to trust that she is probably going to trust God anyway. You know, we see that theme also in, in the book of Job where he says, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Okay, so Elijah calls for Gehazi. Gehazi calls for the mother. It's kind of like we're back to procedure here. There's no more clinging to feet, you know, and breaking political correctness. <laughs> All right. Um, and he just says, take up thy son. Now, it's part of the abruptness might be that it's like really late at night or something like that, because the boy dies at noon. She takes this really long journey that should take a day, but they step on it, right? And then they actually have to come back to, Gehazi runs ahead and comes back to wherever they are at and says no, and they get here. And then he goes in, and I just told you all that it just takes time. And this, he didn't just go, okay, I'm off home, you know? Your son is raised. It took time and effort and persistence and patience and much prayer. And it could have been late at night, but it just seems also sudden. But she didn't run to her son immediately. I thought that that was interesting too. Okay, it doesn't say that she ran to him and went, oh, you know. She went in and um, it says she fell at Elisha's feet. Okay, and um, she's obviously very thankful and bowed herself to the ground. Okay, so the bowing herself to the ground is a worship and thanks to God. Okay, so um, uh, I think I have a verse here. For us in First Thessalonians five, maybe I'll. If you want to turn, you can. I'll try and do it quickly, for the sake of time. 
First Thessalonians 5.18, she bowed herself in worship and thanks to God. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. All right. So, of course, she gave thanks and she just worshiped God and said, oh. okay. And then she went to get her son and she went out and things were back to normal. Okay. And then she was living the dream or whatever. <laughs> All right. So, in conclusion, um, there was a lot of effort by the mother and Gehazi and Elisha in seeking help for this boy. But it was the object of the mother's faith, okay, the power of the God that Elisha and Gehazi served that gave the increase. In that verse, you know, um, I planted a palace water, but God gives the increase, okay? It was all down to the God whom they served, okay? It was a humbling time for all, and it's the same for us when we go through trials. Um, we know that we're not going to have great faith and obedience all the time, okay? We live real lives, and we have a real dynamic walk with the Lord, okay? I mentioned that verse, you know, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. But when it matters most, you know, we, we just, we need to, you know, if we would just draw an eye to God and just keep lifting up prayers, deciding that we're going to trust him no matter what, we, we are confident that we're, we could be confident that we're right where God wants us to be. And that's with him. Okay. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for thou art with me. Okay. And we can know that all things work together for good. Doesn't never say that we'd understand or these kind of things, but they would work, work together for good, okay? Um, and then, on a side, for, for the unsaved, if God is convicting you, that you're spiritually dead, like the boy in this message today, it's obviously only, only one person that you can go to this morning, Jesus Christ the righteous. Amen. The Bible says, if you call upon his name in prayer, you could be saved right now. <laughs> yeah. Now is the best time, of course, the Bible says, okay? Because if you wait, it might be eternally too late. All right, so let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for this wonderful story, Lord, that you've obviously put in, Lord, for, for our learning. These things, um, you, you wrote the Old Testament, Lord, for our learning, Lord, that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope, Father. So I pray that um, just through these things, Lord, that you would um, just strengthen us, Lord, um, help our unbelief, Lord, and help us, Lord, to just... Um, just have that mustard seed of faith, Lord, in you, that we would just turn to you, not to anything else, Lord, and not lose hope because we have you, Lord, as an anchor to our soul, Lord. So I just pray that you would help us, Lord. And I know there's many people going through much much greater trials than, than I've ever gone through, Lord, and um, feel humble, Lord, that you wanted me to talk about this, Lord, but this is what we're learning this morning, Lord. So I pray that you would just minister and do what, what you can do, Lord, um, and 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 just bless bless your people father so we love you lord and we pray that you would um bring us back again lord um maybe wednesday or sunday lord and um, be with us throughout the week father and of course again lord um pray for pastor neil for safety bring them back lord and we just thank you lord for this wonderful place we can come to lord and um and hear, hear from you and worship you as well lord and we pray in jesus name amen